You can't believe everything you think. You have to be open to reinventing yourself at any time. If you feel like you want to be an artist, say you were an artist and start acting like what you think an artist acts like for you. Hello there, it's Kate Shepard, your host of the Creative Genius Podcast. Today I find myself tucked up inside while the world around me has all but come to a standstill because where I live in Vancouver doesn't often get snow and when we do, everything just sort of shuts down. Overnight, I think it was about a foot of snow has fallen and it's just about lunchtime and I feel like we've had about that much more since this morning. So it really is one of those quiet days. The schools have shut down. Most people aren't going into work. Our roads haven't been cleared. We really are not set up for this. There's a kind of joy in that for me. I was thinking about why we love snow days so much. Of course, everybody loves an unexpected day off. But there's something magical about getting to stay inside all day. If you have kids in school, you get to stay home with them. If you don't, you probably get to work from home or even take the day off. And time seems to change shape and really slow down. There is an opportunity inside days like that for us to look around and maybe allow ourselves to deepen our willingness to be in the surrendered state, to enjoy the day, to enjoy the different direction you're being taken in. The theme of season three, this season of Creative Genius Podcast, has been about learning to see. And our ability to learn to see can be greatly enhanced by our ability to surrender. Surrender to the way we thought things should look. Surrender to what we think is supposed to happen next, to what we think we're supposed to be doing and noticing and seeing and feeling and even thinking. And when we do surrender to the what is of any given moment, something magical becomes available to us. We're able to start to look around for what we might enjoy, what might make this moment wonderful. So it wasn't the way I thought it was going to be, but what what else is here? The episode you're about to hear today is a wonderful example of somebody who found herself in a situation that she didn't necessarily want to be in and looked for the fun and what it led to. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. I wanted to let you know about an exciting opportunity that's happening over at Creative Genius Studios. We are looking for a small group of volunteers to help us build the show and bring it to the next level. So if you love the show, if you're a super fan and you love what we're doing and you would love to be a part of bringing this show to even more ears and more hearts and you have experience to share, could be podcast editing or marketing or email marketing, it could be anything. If you feel like you have skills that might help develop the show, and you've been on the lookout for an opportunity to volunteer for something that really feels close to your heart, please send me an email or a direct message on Instagram at Kate Shepherd Creative, or you can go to katesheppardcreative.com and find my contact information there and get in touch that way. I'm excited about growing the team for Creative Genius and of where we're going to take the show and all this work that we're doing. And I would love to hear from you. Today's show is an encore presentation of one of our most cherished, bookmarked, loved, shared, listened to episodes. 
And I'm so excited to bring it to you today. It's Wendy McWilliams who joined us back in season one. And there were just so many important messages in, in so much of what Wendy shared with us that I felt it was the right time to bring it back. Her journey is a powerful reminder of the importance of remaining open and having fun and being curious and lighthearted, but really letting enjoyment guide the way. And I think what happened for her when she really allowed herself to let her senses guide her and let the question, well, what would be fun guide her, the absolute miracle that happened next for her. If you hear something in this episode today that reminds you of someone, send them a link to the show and let them know. And if you're looking to deepen your own intuition and your own ability to follow the yeses and the noes in your life, I would love to remind you about my Activating Intuition and Creativity Workshop. I do it once a month in the lead up to the full moon. It's a live virtual event. It's gorgeous. People really enjoy doing it. It's included as part of the Colorful Community Creative Genius Patreon. You can also sign up for the workshop as a one-off on katesheppardcreative.com. It's a joy to bring you this conversation again. May it be exactly what you need to hear in this moment of your life. Enjoy this encore presentation of my conversation with Wendy McWilliams. You are in for a treat today. You get to meet Wendy McWilliams, a delightful artist who is deeply connected to creativity and has some beautiful insights to share with us. After a varied and creative career working internationally for brands like Calvin Klein and Revlon, at 49, Wendy found her truest calling with abstract painting. She spent the next 11 years building her own art empire, and today her pieces can be found in private collections all over the world. She's been featured on HGTV and on some pretty impressive design blogs. When she's not in her studio or out teaching her workshops, she can be found at her home in the countryside outside of Nashville, Tennessee. So, well, I mean, I guess I'll just, I'll explain it in a little bit more detail, but basically I created the Creative Genius Podcast because I, I guess I just got sort of tired of seeing this collective belief that somehow we've all bought into that only certain people have access to creativity or are able to be creative or can make good things. Um, I guess myself at art shows or at markets where I was interacting with the public with my art, I saw like hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people come up to me and say, oh, I wish I could be an artist or I wish I could do that. And there was always this sort of sadness accompanying that. And, I, and so this podcast is an answer to that wish because what I've come to understand over the years is that that wish is creativity itself saying, hi, <laughs> I'm right here. Please let me out. Um, and I want to talk to people like you who've gotten out of the way of whatever it is that's holding them back or holding what maybe was or wasn't holding you back, but that you've stepped into this creative flow and are enjoying art in your life in a really, really big way. Um, and I know you have a thriving art business. You've got pieces in private collections all over the world. You've had your work featured on design blogs and on TV shows, and you only started painting at 49. So I, I have questions for you. Um, what were you doing before you were painting? I've actually had um, 22 different jobs. Wow. Yes. <laughs> 22. Okay. I what you would call a hot man. Oh, my goodness. It just sounds like you're interested in a lot of things. Is that, is that part of it? 
songs have always been really brave and just thought, hey, let me try this, let me try that, you know. A lot of times it worked out good for a while, but um, sometimes it just wasn't a good fit. And I was, I just would move on, you know, try different things. And has art or your your full-time painting career, has that been sort of the thing that has felt the most sort of right? And it feels like, okay, out of all those 22 things, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm home now. It's the first thing that I've ever stuck with. It's 11 years now. It's the first thing that was like, this is what I was meant to do. Not, not saying those other 22 jobs, they, you know, they were all jobs that were always um, created and I didn't realize it. Yeah. You know, I was an activities director at a nursing home. I um, was a merchandiser for Calvin Klein where I set up merchandise displays. So I've always had jobs that were creative, but I never knew that they were creative jobs. If that makes right. sense. Yep. Well, I mean, when I look at people's stories or even my own story, it's always there. You can see that common thread, you know, probably right back to when you were a little girl. I mean, I think about who I was when I was 10 and I was surrounded by art supplies. I needed to have paint with me everywhere I went. And I mean, I, and yeah, I left that and came back to it many years later. But I, I, always, I think that there's always that kind of common theme. You can see it looking back. It was, you know, oh, yeah, it was in that. It was in that. Yeah. I never did art as a young person ever. I, I knew nothing about art. And, you know, I took art in high school, of course, you know, and I, I love, I knew I remember sketching. I love charcoal sketching. I did that for, you know, during maybe a year in art. And that was it for me. I never, I mean, when I walked into the Hobby Lobby for the first time at 49, I didn't know. I was just looking for something fun to do. Did I know that when I picked out the little pack of the brushes and the acrylic paint tubes and the paper pad, that that was going to completely transform my life. No, I had no idea. I just was looking for something to do. Right. And how, when, so when did you know, did you, do you remember a moment where you were like, oh my goodness, this feels different? Yeah. The first day. Wow. The first day I started, I, I mean, I tell, I've told this story many times, but it's really, really important story. I painted, I got to learn to paint orchid book with my little supply kit that I bought, all this stuff. I mean, I bought the cheap little acrylics, the cheap brushes that little kids use, pad of paper. And I, I took the book and put it next to my little pad and I, tried to exactly do that work and exactly like the book was showing me. And I thought, my God, this is hard. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's the first time I'd ever painted. And, uh, you know, I think I'd done paint by numbers early in my life with my mother or something. You know, we did paint by numbers. Um, but I'd never painted since then. I never, certainly never done free swarm painting. And, uh, I just had a voice come to me, just as clear as you and I, and it said, do it again, but relax. Beautiful. And I did. I just kind of got loose. Something just got looser. And I really loved that orchid, that second orchid. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love painting. Oh, wow. I was running, and I was a mess. I mean, I didn't shower for days. 
All I did was paint from morning to night, pajamas full of paint, and that was it. I was hooked. Second painting on. Wow. What do you think that voice was? Do you, if you had to put a name on it, do you? What is that for you? I do believe it was creation of that. Yeah. Source, my source. Yeah. Urging me because I've always listened to that. That's why I had 22 jobs. Right. But <laughs> Go here now. Okay. <laughs> You're telling me to. Okay. I listened to my intuition of uh, following whatever I felt like doing. Do you have, does it come to you that clearly? You know, I've had a few experiences in my life too where I can, it, it's like an audible, and I don't know whose voice I would even say it sounded like, but, and I couldn't describe it, but I know I heard it. Absolutely. Yeah. So does it, is it, do you find that the more you listen to it, the more you hear it, or is it really just, it comes at random intervals and it's not a frequent thing? I would count on my one hand how many times I've heard that voice in my life. Mm -hmm. This one was very strong and it was also, and I don't know if you will, how long you want to talk to me about this, but I've been painting for two weeks and I had a dream about a geisha and I'm not a woo-woo person. That's the first thing I want you to know. Okay. a very logical person that lives a logical life. But I had a dream about a geisha and I didn't, I don't dream very often. And, but this was so vivid, this geisha, that I Googled geisha because I wanted to know maybe I was trying, sure enough, led me to an art sharing site. And I'd only been painting two weeks. And this art sharing site was called Redbubble. It was in Australia. And I saw this site and all these people were sharing their art. And I started sharing mine online right away at two weeks. And it was really bad art, okay? It was <laughs> really bad art. And I didn't care. I was like, no, these people are sharing their art. I'm going to share my art too. And I got so much love and encouragement from these people that were, they could tell I was a new painter. And they were, oh my God, Wendy, this is so good. Keep going. So I do believe years later, I grew up with Yeah. Just for shits and giggles, uh-huh. geisha, the word means artisan. And so I believe truly in my heart and soul that that was, I don't know how it works. I don't know if source gives you symbolism like that because we don't understand. That's how what we comprehend. Mm-hmm. For me to listen to that prompt and follow up by Googling geisha. Mm-hmm. I just believe everything that's happened in my life has always been me being curious, mm-hmm. nosy. Got to find out mm-hmm. what is it? <laughs> you know, that kind of. Yeah. Stuff. Well, um, I love that. I love that. And I love that being in relationship with that intelligence because it does have a palpable energy to it. Like it is almost like a, I mean, it's not a person, obviously, but it has a presence. And I guess I struggle with, and so I love to hear that it's, only been a few times, you know, you could count on one hand because I'm like, why isn't it talking to me every day and I need more information and what do I do? And, you know, all that kind of more human. Whenever it's happened, it's always been like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, out of the blue. So do you dream a lot more now or, or is that was that still also a, a sort of a random? I dream often, I really don't, that I can remember, but I, the dreams I have are usually pretty intense. Like, yeah. most like, um, I've had a, a dream that was, um, my mother came to me and she actually helped me get out of a really bad situation that I was in in my dream. And so wow. I, a couple of dreams that are like that, but I don't have them a lot. A lot, yeah. Okay. 
it's, it's kind of, I, I always like just sort of gauging it, like how, because I don't know how this thing works either, but I know that these things are real. And I just wonder like, what's their rhythm and what's their, how do we get to know this intelligence? Are real. I think while our only job is to just be open, saving mm-hmm. and not doubting, because I think a lot, we've, we've kind of um, are skeptical of everything. Mm-hmm. We don't Sounds our inner guidance. And that really is a channel. I, I believe my heart is a channel. When I, mm-hmm. I start painting, I'm in the flow of source. Source is going through me. It's not me painting. Mm-hmm. But the more I can allow source to just me to leave the picture and source to come through, the more I believe, the more beautiful my painting. What do you think it's trying to do? when it's flowing through you and you're allowing it. Cause I, 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 I often have that experience where I feel like I am. So it needs me to come into form because it can't paint. It doesn't have hands. Well, we're vehicles for creation. Yeah. Just like, uh, I guess a flower, which you plant a seed, that beauty that comes forth, the, the stem and all that, and that bud. And it's, that's the vehicle for beauty. We're kind of that way too, but on a much, more um intricate level yeah 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 that's my feel anyways i don't know what do you what do you think it's trying to do like do you get a do you get a sense of what it's trying to do as it creates through you as it's making these beautiful pieces of art what is it we are we are meant to keep creating whether it be cooking a beautiful meal whether it be you know building something that's how we evolved we just we're meant to create everything's meant to create. everything creates mm-hmm. so That's- for the person who's at home right now listening to this going okay yeah i've this resonates i don't even know why but this feels right um but they've had this story that they've bought into because i think it's you know it's taught to us in school if you if you can make if you can sing and sound like the teacher then you're a musician or if you can draw and make it look quote unquote good, then okay, you can be called an artist. Right. But I mean, aside from the fact that I think that's the wrong way of looking at creativity and creation and what it's trying to do, but that person is at home going, okay, this feels right. Yes. But how do I, how do I change my story uh, about, because I've really believed my whole life that I just, I'm not creative. So how do you go from believing that you're not creative to opening that possibility? You kind of have to share um, this is how I live my whole life. You can't believe everything you think. Mm. You have to be open to reinventing yourself at any time you want. If you feel like you want to be an artist, say you were an artist and start acting like what you think an artist acts like for you. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm a different type of artist than a lot of artists. If you look through Instagram, a lot of these feeds are very, very particularly curated. Because mm-hmm. there's a certain image I think a lot of think an artist needs to have. You know, I'll throw something in there that's totally not art to do with art. I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I I feel like you need to truly be yourself. And there's no right way or wrong way to be an artist. Yeah, you had a post a little while ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, where you were obviously in a mood of some kind and you were like, I don't give a shit what this looks like. <laughs> I was just like, that's real art (laughs) absolutely because i struggle at times with like every artist does and i don't know who they are they they do too 
Um, unless they absolutely don't care, don't need money. Right. But, you know, it's my livelihood too. It's how I feel, you know, money is energy. It's not a dirty word. Mm-hmm. It's the exchange of energy. My pain has energy. And when somebody pays me, that money is energy. So I don't have a problem with money. You mm-hmm. know, artists do. A lot of artists feel very, very uncomfortable about even talking about it. hmm was that natural for you? Did you, were you? did you have to work on having that attitude towards money or was that always something new? No, when I first started selling my work because people were asking me, I didn't even know. That's how, how ignorant I was about art. I didn't even realize, it was, just wasn't in my consciousness that people actually sell their art and make money off of it. I <laughs> was saying, oh, Wendy, how much is this? I like, is it for sale? I remember thinking, cool, crap. How much should I charge for this? So $35, you know, for a little paper piece, because I was doing paper for a long time because I was learning, you know, teaching mm-hmm. my And I had not went bigger yet. I didn't have any space. So I was working in my dining room. And um, I just always felt completely comfortable with it because I painted it. And I felt somebody wants to pay me for it. Yeah. So I always did. And as prices started getting, my prices started getting more where I was asking more because I was spending a lot more money on supplies and I felt justified in asking for money. And um, I think that is a mindset that you have to kind of work through and say what you do has value to somebody. And if they want to spend money and buy it, be gracious, they thank you and sell it to you. Yes, indeed. (laughs) You kind of have to do that themselves. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I ask because I think a lot of people who are at the, at the, I mean, there's so many places along the journey, but there are so many people listening to this right now who are going, okay, well, actually I've allowed myself to play. I'm now creating work that I feel connected to and is beautiful and has some energy to it. I want to sell it. Uh, How do I? So I, I always want to talk about that a little bit to help people sort of understand that it is, it is something you have to cultivate. It's a, it's like a, a healthy relationship to anything else. And it creates all of what's going to happen for you. Absolutely, because it's connected to you as an artist as well. If you're afraid to ask or let people know that your work's available for sale, that's just a symptom of you not feeling really authentically as an artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be healed. Yes, that needs to be resolved before you can move on. Yep, insert commercial here. What job were you doing when you were, when you were that day you went to Hobby Lobby and you got the paints and you're doing the orchid and you're in your pajamas and you, nobody heard from you? For, what, what, what was going on in your life right then? What work were you doing? I had been, we had been living in Germany. I was okay. a And working for Calvin Klein and Redline, I was doing their displays at the military stores in Europe. We lived in Germany. We got stationed in El Paso, Texas, and it was the middle of summer, and it was very, very hot, and I really looked for work, but couldn't find work in El Paso, so I thought, hmm, it's 116 degrees, I'm in the house all the time now, I'm not working, and I was starting to get a little nutty because I thought, I started to feel bad, like I don't have any proof, so maybe I need to get a hobby. I never had a hobby. And I thought, I need a hobby of some type. So the store was named Hobby Lobby because they were in Germany and they didn't have Hobby Lobby in Europe. And I had never seen a Hobby Lobby. And El Paso had this big Hobby Lobby. 
So I walked in there and I started walking around the store and I thought, hmm, what do I want to do? And that, I mean, I've told this story before. It's a pretty cute story. The boy was working there. He's about 20. And I said, I'm looking for a hobby. What do you recommend? And he said, oh, I said, what about painting? And he said, oh, that's that's a really hard hobby. He said, you should try maybe this glass cutting or I don't know. He showed me something. And none of it looked like anything I really wanted to do. Painting was kind of attractive to me for some reason. Not because I thought, I didn't even know about a future. I just knew that I wanted to do something tactile, you know, just touching stuff and painting. And that's kind of how it happened. So I just did, ignored the boy mm-hmm. and I went ahead with the pain. <laughs> I love that. Well, and you bring up something that I think is really important to pay attention to, which is a it's an offshoot of this collective belief we have that, oh, only certain people can be creative. Okay, well, if you're able to transcend that and, you know, machete that out of your way as you walk through the jungle of life, the next thing you come up with is all of these other limiting beliefs that are sort of like offshoots of of that main belief. And one of them is it's too hard. It's too hard to be good at it. It's too hard to get a following. It's too hard to sell you. I mean, all all of those. Yeah, and I'll tell you the truth. That was not even, I didn't even think about being hard. It didn't matter to me because mm-hmm. I've done anything with art before. I didn't even know about the whole career thing. I didn't even, wasn't even thinking that way. I was thinking more about pleasure, having pleasure in painting and learning to enjoy doing something that was with my hand. And it wasn't until I started I mean, I actually had people ask me to buy my work like three, four weeks after I was, had started painting. And I was sitting there buying all of them. People buy this. You know? <laughs> was he total shock to me? And then I started, as I look back now, 11 years of my career, I've built myself, my art. I can't believe that I was able to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a total shock to me every day when I get up and I pay that I'm getting to do this, this beautiful thing that I love. And people like it. And I get to do podcasts like this. Thank you, by the way, for asking. Isn't it wonderful? I, listen, it's my pleasure. I'm. It's my joy to speak to you because I, every time I have one of these beautiful, casual, but deep conversations with somebody, I, something inside of me grows. And I feel like that voice that came and talked to you and told you to just relax and, and enjoy it. It's talking to me too. Like, I feel like it just, it yeah. all serves everybody. It's my yeah. pleasure as well. Thank you. And well, it's just my pleasure. It feels so good to open up about something that makes me so happy. Yeah. Do you think that that was, because um, I, I know a lot of people, myself included, have had moments where we, I think, oh, okay, I just have to, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to, how am I going to get good? How am I going to get past this? Because sometimes I'll pick up a paintbrush and I'm right where you were on that first orchid. I'm trying to... Yeah, first orchid some days. It's, yeah. It's part of being an artist, it's always going to be good. I say the day you're not doubting and afraid anymore, you've stopped growing. Hmm, mm-hmm. So what do you do when those, so that they don't take over those doubts? Because they can, you can spiral down into that world and just yeah. doubt, and, you know. Yeah. I still have those days. Like right now, I'm going through a little bit of a dry spell. Why my art friends are messaging me? What's going on? Nobody's buying art. I need to make money. I'm, you know, I've got bills to pay. 
we all are like constantly, and I'll tell you the best way to do to see this is if you're going to choose a creative life, you're like a dog hunting for your dinner every day. Mm-hmm. You are never going to be able to sit back and say, I'm an artist, I'm successful, I got this. Right. There's always new painters coming that got really amazing new work that they're going to be, all of a sudden everybody's going to be, oh my gosh, her work's amazing. You've got to live with doubt and uncertainty the whole time you are an artist. Mm-hmm. You've got to make friends with them. Mm-hmm. You've got to know that you're going to feel that way. And you're going to feel like that often. You may think, what, you, I could sell three huge paintings and feel puffed up. And then a week later, I'm like, crap. Am I ever going to sell another painting? Mm-hmm. Never stops. And mm-hmm. that's why I tell people a lot of new artists or younger artists will message me with questions and they're stressed out. They're so stressed out about art. You have to be comfortable with that stress or why do it? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're miserable and you're really unhappy about it, and you can't handle that part of it. I say, Maybe you don't like it as much as you think you do. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is more information for you that it's not the... Maybe you're forcing something that's not... Because I don't care how stressful it is. I still love doing mm-hmm. Well, you found your, you found yeah, your channel. Getting through that scared feeling, I say, just slap some paint on the keys. That's beautiful. Just start knowing it. Yeah, and just and do it. More of those feelings or work through them on that canvas. But don't let your mind think too much about what you think this painting is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where we get. I had a guest on the other week and she quoted her father, who was a well-known Canadian uh, Indigenous contemporary artist, one of the mm-hmm. first ones who was bought by the, the her name is Anong Beam. She's an amazing artist um, herself. But she said that he used to always say that it, the, the rational mind is the home of bad painting. And that's like... Yeah. Beautiful. Because it's true. Every time I try, and I I do think that there's uh art is um in a way almost like a a mirror of life. It's trying to sort sort of show us like because all these things that we're saying about paintings and about art and about apply to life in general. Like the more you're trying and the more you panic and the more you freak out and ble- you know, yeah. It's helped me so much with everything. The principles I've used for my art and my art career, because the career is a whole different thing than painting. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different, once you start making it your business, it becomes a whole different level of um, anxiety. Mm-hmm. What do you think the biggest challenge for you has been in terms of the career part of it in building that over the last 11 years? What would you say was the toughest thing you had to overcome? Um, thing. Every day, it's kind of the same as, you know, am I really this good? You know, am I still, people still like my work? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, stupid white noise that goes on that with the, probably on a bigger level than when you're just saying, oh, is this painting good? Mm-hmm. Oh, this looks like crap. I don't, I don't worry about that. And now I worry about, you know, are people still going to come to my workshops? Are people still going to buy my work? You know, it's, it becomes, it's just a big layered, and I'm being honest here, and all artists feel it, and I just want to be honest about it. A yeah, lot that's of true. say, oh, I do it for the art. You know, I don't care. I would do it. You know, 
if you started making money, a lot of money, you're making a good life for yourself. You want to keep that life. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to believe both of those things. I mean, it's okay. It's, it's, it's a little bit of an oxymoron, but you can have the, I don't care and also still want to build a career and make a business out of it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of probably similar now. It's opened my eyes to what songwriters must go through and singers and musicians. Their last hit was amazing, but people don't remember them anymore until they hit. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing with creation and money. That's kind of where you got to kind of be careful and constantly talk to yourself and get your mind right. And how do you stay connected with your, so uh, we talked about a dry spell, but I was getting the sense that it's more for in the market, not really yeah. sort of from your creativity. So do you ever get creative blocks? No. No. If I like, or I'm not able to think of what to paint or how to go with it, painting starts becoming a struggle for me. I just don't paint for a while. And all I have to do is one trip to the museum and my juices are gone. Beautiful. Well, you, so you found the thing that helps get the juices flowing again. I'm looking at art, um, just seeing art in a magazine. All of a sudden, I'm like, whoa. Mm -hmm. I have my paintbrush wet. Yeah. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah, it works. You know, I have it. The biggest compliment I get is my messages and says, I want my cash. And you posted a painting and I'm dying to get home and start painting. That's a huge compliment to me because I know that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. For you know, these work and they just get me. I got I panic. If I'm traveling, I have to have something with me. I have watercolors with me or like something because I just, I, I have to be able to, I was visiting my mom on this little Gulf Island here in, in BC. And there's, I think there's like 600 people or something that live in this little town on this little island. And I brought my watercolors, but I forgot a paintbrush. And <laughs> I was like looking at the trees going, okay, well, maybe I could make something out of cedar branches or I could, you know, I'd like, I had to get that. There was no store or anything where you could grab some paintbrushes? Oh, well, there's a little, yes, there was a little general store, but they were out. They had like an eraser and a piece of charcoal. Like their little art section was, because I'm sure lots of other people were, like me had passed through earlier that summer. I listened to that. If maybe sometimes, just like everything has to take a rest, Sometimes your creativity needs a little time. Just forget about art. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, didn't have any brushes or anything. It was becoming complicated. So I think I would have just said, forget it. I'm just not going to think about painting for a while. And I, when I come back after a time of not, I'm so full of energy for painting. And I'll just paint and paint and paint for days like I did when I first started. I think of that, I think of this creativity, this source that we're talking about, sometimes like a garden hose. And uh -huh. uh, part of the whole intention of this podcast is that I think that we've all kinked up that garden hose and there's all this like, you know, energy that's just trying to burst out and that it comes out in those wishes and all that. Um, but I have talked to a few artists who say that uh, just even getting to know the rhythm of how creativity wants to move in their bodies. Some people can't create every day. They have to give themselves, you know, two or three days in between or, or, and I think that is an important part of kind of getting to, you seem very intuitive. It feels like you just sort of along the way, were just always willing to listen and willing to. Yeah. The times that I get in trouble when I, is when I um, tried to force them. Yeah. 
that's a big lesson. Get in trouble is when I try to, you know, if I see a painting that another artist does and it's just gorgeous, and I'm saying, well, I'm just something similar. It goes over like a fart in church. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. My people that follow me, they want the authentic me. And if I try to go in a different way, that's not really me. They can feel it. You can feel um, it. It's so true. And it's the same with my workshops. I, I felt used to be really nervous about my workshops are, I don't have a curriculum. I don't have a structure. My workshops are just me being myself and we paint and we have a great time. My workshops have been very successful because I'm true to me mm-hmm. to, to do a maybe a Donna Downey workshop or step-by-step workshop. Somebody else does it's popular. But that's the thing about being on social media. It's very easy to be um, shook and feel all of a sudden like, oh, maybe I should be doing this instead. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to tell people that are listening that want, don't, even you're going to have those feelings from time to time about what you should be doing because you see somebody else doing it, whatever it is. Just know that that's natural, but don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, it's remind. I want to reach for my phone here because I took a screenshot of a quote. It's reminding me of, I took it this morning. It, it says, uh, people hate their own art because it looks like they made it. They think if they get better. <laughs> so true. They think if they get better, it will stop looking like they made it. A better person made it. But there's no level of skill beyond which you stop being you. You hate the most valuable thing about your art. That's so good. And it's why that to yourself, the way you look. How many women hate their bodies? I can't tell you how many times I'll do something to the woman and we'll go shopping and she'll say, oh, I couldn't wear this. I just, it doesn't, my body. What people mm-hmm. that does in every area of their life like that about mm-hmm. and and that is what makes you you your body is your body and love it for what it's done for you you know mm. and that's kind yeah. of it's kind of the same way with your art no but it is hard to look at other artists that I think are so much better than me and then I just tell myself stop that's what I'm yeah. saying just yeah. you're gonna that way sometimes. You just have to just shut that voice off. It's not, that's not God talking. Yeah, no, that's mind. That's the rational mind trying its best to do its thing, but it's very misguided and out of its depth when we're talking about judging and feeling art. I think about how I had a a very profound experience a couple of years ago where I realized one day that I had been sort of, that I had this beautiful, she felt like this radiant being, best friend energy, some like that had been with me from the very beginning. It, me, it's like my, the, the essence of who I am as Kate and my inner self, my soul. And that I'd been, I mean, in many ways, shitting all over myself. Oh, I don't look good in this. I don't look good at that. I'm not good at that. Like, but I'd been shoving down all of the gifts that, and it, it brought me to my knees. It was a life-changing moment. And and I've done so much to free her and to allow her to come out. And that's so much behind the intention of this work is that I want to help other women everywhere also fall in love with and free their inner radiant souls, self, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. That's so, that's such important work you're doing. 
Yeah. I, it feels, it feels like what is needing to happen right now. I think COVID in many ways, although we've lost so many people and so many people are, you know, have suffered around the world, there are also gifts in it. And for, for me, one of the gifts that I see is that it's made us look inward a lot. And I'm seeing a lot of people turn to creativity as, uh, it's almost like when you're, there's a difference between surrendering and being surrendered. And I feel like, I feel like COVID has kind of surrendered us and we've had nowhere else to look. Like in many times we were just sort of cornered. And, and so I love that. And that's why I feel like it's kind of time to be having this conversation. And I just wanted to say one thing I think about is how whenever we have those limiting beliefs or we, or we look at a piece of art that we made and we catch ourselves, or maybe we don't catch ourselves yet saying, oh, that looks like I made it or I don't, you know, all that stuff. It's awful. I don't like it. Yeah. It could, it could, I have a teacher named Amanda Evanston, who is also another guest on this, on another episode of this podcast. That was a great one too. Go back and listen to it. It was really good too. Yeah. She's amazing. And she, she will get angry at people. Like she will say, stop. The art can hear you. And I, it's sort of, she's sort of saying it tongue in cheek, but I, I, you know, to take that a little bit further, I think every cell in your body is eavesdropping on everything that you say. And it's so important that we're a different voice than maybe we grew up with or is around us in society or whatever. And that's, that's what it is. It's, I think that, you know, you were saying you believe that, um, what did you say? The, you, I see it as electric, like an outlet that we plug mm-hmm. in. Yeah, that's yeah, it's like I, a current. Yeah, yep. that's how I see it. And whenever I'm talking like that to myself or negative, it's because I'm not plugged in. <sighs> Impossible to stay plugged in all. You know, sometimes I just want to be pissed off. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes yeah. I just want to be negative. Yeah. I do know that I am able to catch myself eat more and more the longer I'm painting because I believe painting is open to me into a world where I'm I know about the feeling of being plugged in versus not being plugged in yeah which is something I didn't know before I became a painter and I just thought I think painting what somebody told me this once it's not painting that's your gift the gift is the love of painting the journey's not in the painting itself and how it looks. It's the love of painting. That is where you're, you're and that feeling can be translated into the love of my granddaughter, loving my granddaughter, loving mm-hmm. my parents, loving my husband, the gift of being able to love. And that's the same thing with, um, that's why I'm, I was happy to do the podcast because this is where the love is. Mm-hmm. You and I recognize um, each other. The frequency we're on. We're doing this for each other. Absolutely. Like I'm all of it. Meet, meet my sister. We're going to dinner tonight, and I'm going to be in a really good mood because we were plugged in mm-hmm. during this call. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to do with when I'm painting. I try to be plugged. In. Oh. I feel like I could talk to you for the whole rest of the day, but I can't. I have to respect your time. It's, I can't believe how quickly that went by. Um, I, I would love to have you back on the show to talk more. I feel like we have lots more to cover, maybe one day. Yeah, I love spiritual stuff because I think we're starving. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think everybody, we're starving for that, meaning that the reason why we're here, we're just here to love each other and love painting. And that's all it is. When somebody buys my work, they're just tapping into that same frequency. Yeah, it's still, I mean, I do believe that that is why we're here. We're, and when I ask about, you know, what what is creativity trying to do? And you were saying it, it's trying to create because that's its nature. And that makes sense. And it's, for me, I feel like it's doing it purely to enjoy itself and so that you enjoy it and so that I enjoy it. It's pleasure. It's pleasure, which is why I'm not surprised you were able to uncover this whole channel that you did because you came at it from that place of what, what feels good and how is this, how can I enjoy this? And how, yeah. Don't yeah. you, when you, I'll let you, um, let you go then because I got to go too. Don't you love it when you hear music on the radio that just makes you freaking fill up with goosebumps and chills you're like this is so damn good yeah so it has to be god yeah it has to be god that gave us that gift yeah no it's crazy how not everybody is like you and i that recognizes when they hear a good song well i feel like everybody recognizes it because we're all of the same we're nobody can be separate from this system that we're in or whatever it's called people are asleep yeah that are asleep and are not aware that that is a gift from God that you're hearing this. And it may be a song that has a lot of sex in it. Yeah. Not to be a Christian song or a spiritual song. Yeah. It's a good groove, you know? And you're like, that artist, that person that wrote this was in the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were in that flow and you recognize, not everybody recognizes that as well. Like, yeah. Oh, and I, yeah. And I think that that's what's happening right now is that there's this bubbling up, like something's happening. I can feel there's more of that desire kind of percolating. And from that desire comes the need to wake up and understand what, you know, how to plug in, how to. commune on this plane. <laughs> one day, one day. <laughs> we probably won't, I probably won't be getting Well, our work will be. <laughs> that you know the future generation i think they're waking up to not having to work jobs so much mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of people are saying hey wait a minute you know i didn't go to work for a long time into work and my life is so much better mm-hmm. now that i can be home and be more with my family and you know maybe we're turning some this covid this devastation has woken us and turned us corner that we're starting to maybe come around more to balance life. I feel so. I feel it's a, it's the beginning of a renaissance. And, you know, I, I go back to, you know, the person and all of the people who are listening to this right now who are like, okay, we're at the beginning of a renaissance. I, I, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, but here, here I'm going to ask you my billboard question for them. You know, if you had a billboard that every single person in the world who longed to be an artist or longed to connect with this current of creativity, but just for some reason believed I'm not good enough. I'm not creative enough. That's not me. I'm a math person. I'm a, whatever it is, but they had that longing and you knew that they were going to see this billboard. What would you put on it? Pretend that nobody is looking. Oh, yes. You're just in your own bubble. People really don't care as much as you think they That's so true. That's so true. Oh my goodness. Biggest thing is, because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, a lot of mistakes, really bad mistakes in relationships and jobs and 
things I've done that have been super embarrassing. You know what? What I can't even think of any of them. Never mind. Can anybody else remember them? Yeah. <laughs> so beat myself up so bad during those times. Yeah. And I learned now, like, just, you know, that joke, uh, make like a dog. When a dog pisses, kick some grass on it and keep going. Kind <laughs> of what you got to do. Just, mm-hmm. just keep going. Do what you want to do and not, don't worry about other people's opinions. It's so beautiful. It's so simple and it's so true. And yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me for this. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you a little bit better and to have this chat with you. And I do hope that we can chat again in the future. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you so much. It's been fun. Like all good secrets, The secret to Wendy's success is hiding right there in plain sight for all to see. Be creative for the joy of it, and don't believe everything you think. It was her focus on pleasure and enjoyment that allowed Wendy to connect with the creative current that courses through her, which gave rise to her learning the difference between the feeling of being plugged in versus not plugged in to creative flow. Following the plugged in feeling is how she has been able to consistently create art that people feel connected with and want to buy in droves. And she invites us to make friends with doubt and uncertainty. Because let's face it, not only will they always be there, but more importantly, their presence brings us the good news that we are still learning and growing. If you take one thing away from this episode today, I hope it's the inspiration to get quiet and listen for what creativity is asking you to try. And then... Pretend nobody is looking and get to work. And remember at the beginning of the show when I told you about the card that I pulled for the Creative Genius deck for today's show? The word was vision. So I'll leave you with this thought. What would be available to you if you let your inner vision guide your creative explorations? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please consider joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. If you haven't upgraded to the Patreon Colorful Community tier yet or you haven't done one of the monthly workshops, I invite you with all my heart to do it. These are really magical. I feel like there's something that just comes through me. I feel like when I'm giving them, I'm actually the voice of creativity itself. Not I'm not, it's coming through me. It's like I get out of the way and creativity uses me to speak to you to help you heal the thing you need to heal so that you can express more of yourself and then you can go out and do that and then have that ripple effect right then you get to be that for somebody else and it's an honor for me to do that and it's also amazing to watch people healing really old stuff and navigating really new stuff and having the experiences that they're having with the workshop so please join the patreon colorful community tier if you haven't yet I promise you, it's the best $20 that you'll spend all month. Thank you again for listening. May you find and unleash your creative genius.